Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Monavale and Sydney's Northern Beaches, they're one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, that's it. The season is done and dusted. We have our premieres in Sydney University and we're going to talk all the action from the big one. Andrew Swain from Stan Sports here, as well as Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our grand final review. Joining me on the line, as always, Mark Cashman for NB News. G'day, Casho. G'day, boys. Spurjo, Swaty, just mate, just just slowly working my way through methodically early in the week. The uh, the Daryl Lee dad's bag. I get it every year, so uh, I'm, I've, I've just started the licorice all sorts. There's a few other little chocolate treats that are being uh, being eyed off at the moment upstairs. And uh, listen, we, we, we might be uh, getting into some licorice a bit later on, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, geez, the Father's Day treat. Swaney, I came away with undies and socks. How'd you go, mate? Mate, I'm currently wearing in the new Bonds, so um, <laughs> they're very comfortable as well, I've got to say. Just the Bonds on at the moment, doing a Homer Simpson on the couch? Or... <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice visual for the people, for our listeners, isn't it? Shout out to my grandson. Spidey, are you sitting there like Captain Underpants? Mate, Captain Underpants, that's exactly who I look like. You wouldn't believe it, would you? 54 slices of American cheese tonight, Spidey. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Burns and Smithers just crawling along the roof. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, boys, how was the test match on Saturday night? First of all, um, Swaney, talk me through the stadium. I know you're used to pretty good stadium up there in Brisbane. How do you rate the new Alliance, mate? Mate, I think from a um, spectator's point of view, uh, and, and look, I had I was extremely lucky, and and I had a very rare uh, experience on Saturday night. I, I generally am sitting in a broadcast truck where mm. I'm watching the game on a monitor, probably the size of an A4 piece of paper. Yep. Um, but on Saturday night, I was very lucky. Um, got to sit on the sideline um, and watch the game from you know probably the best seat in the house uh, with a couple of our commentators on the sideline and, and the the noise and the atmosphere and the um, the waves of uh, emotion that you felt shudder through your body when things happened on the field mm. um, were awesome. Uh, and, and in terms of a show that they put on, the light show, uh, the pyrotechnics, it was awesome to be there um you know i think they're still probably working through some some teething problems in you know in the stands and things like that yep uh behind the scenes sure um but if you're if you're a fan um you know walking away from that game on saturday night you thought you would have thought gee this is a great stadium and cash you had similar sort of views yourself mate yeah 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 very much so i think it's um as uh, sort of swaney said it's very very early days in uh, in in the mechanics of actually running an event at that at that particular stadium and uh, Rugby Australia only got access to the ground I think at six a.m. that morning so mm. they'll uh, they'll they'll be better off with a few more games under their belt there and obviously I think uh, it's going to be a home for uh, 
rugby in Sydney for uh, for quite some time, leading through obviously two two of the bigger games, uh, the Rugby World Cup here and the Lions series are going to be uh, are going to be played out of there. But uh, listen, promising start that's for sure. Yeah, no, very exciting uh, to have the. Uh... The new SFS uh, back in action and looking forward to uh, getting out. It was good to see Darren Coleman interviewed at halftime, certainly trying to uh, encourage plenty of people to take up those Waratah memberships for next year. Very sport to be having such an awesome home ground. Um, I think the occasion maybe trumped the match a bit, Swaney. It was, it was, a, it was a tough watch from, from go to woe. Really was. You know what the moment for me was in this game? And I've got to say, like, I reckon the Wallabies are one of the worst wet weather teams in the world, right? They've mm. never been good. Um, but the moment for me was there was 43 seconds in, the Wallabies are in the South Africa's half, ball gets kicked out from underneath them in the ruck, yep. tidied up at the back, and then Icky Tower makes a little half break, yep. and they gets them on the front foot, and I'm thinking, just kick it. Just kick it down the end. Just kick it as far as you can. Mm. And instead they go high mm. off a little dinky box kick yep. and Springboks win it back. And then we didn't get out of the our own half after that. They score. And I reckon the ball game was gone after that. I'm, I just kept thinking back to that moment. If they'd kicked it down the end, yeah. plugged the corners, yep. the ball game might have been very different. And yeah. and we just never really got on the front foot after that. The, the Springboks after that started to dominate physically um, you know we weren't we weren't clinical we weren't physical enough um, just felt like that the minds weren't on the job Lewis, really in, in some ways it demonstrated to a lot of the rugby watching public in Sydney why this South African why this springbok team are so good in these sort of matches backs to the wall rugby World Cup finals. But uh, whatever you like, they uh, they really turned it on, and their captain led from the front, Sir Khaleesi. What an unbelievable performance! Yeah, terrific performance. Do you, do we think it's a case of South Africa just being up for it, and Australia maybe a, a little bit flat? I mean, obviously South Africa determined to right the wrongs of last week, but oh, you worry that Australia really didn't have an answer to the Springboks' physicality, Swaney. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, there was, I think there was, a, there was probably a bit of column A and a bit of column B there. Yeah. Um, yep. I think that, you know, the, the Springboks, they've just been stewing on the, the Nick White and the Mapimpi incidents all week. They would have just been baying for blood mm. um, from that moment onwards. And yeah, the Wallabies, they just didn't look switched on, did they? Um, no. You know, they were. They were dominated in the contest. The, the one moment that was, you know, fantastically captured by our Stan Sport cameras, I've got to say, was the the scuffle after Mapimpi's try. And you just mm. thought it was, you know, this is – it's happening again. Marika's coming across. Yeah. And then it was all on. And uh, you saw the crazy eyes in Ibn Etzebeth, um, yeah. you know, beautifully captured by the cameras. Um, that was – that was a moment in the stadium that, you know, you felt the everything was on edge and you felt the vibe running through you in the stadium. That was a really cool moment. Well, um, but it was yeah. probably the most exciting part of the game, I've got to say. Other than that, it was quite a, um, a dour affair. Yeah. Did, did, did that moment 
reflect a lot of frustration about the way the game was uh, was refereed by Ben O'Keefe because it was remarkably different to the way the the game the week before was adjudicated by Paul Williams and they're, and they're both Kiwis. I, I, look, I probably tend to agree with you there, Casho. It was you're right. It was refereed extremely different. I could see the frustration. You know, as I said, I, I was lucky enough to have an amazing seat right next to the Wallaby bench, and you could. You could hear the frustration in the, um, you know, the the guys, the assistant coaches that were sitting on the sideline, the the guys that were on the bench were constantly, constantly, and yelling and screaming at stuff that they thought might have been missed. I mean, that's not unusual anyway, probably, no. but it was it was piquing my interest quite quite um you know, quite significantly because it was, it was you know, it was very different to the week before. You're spot on. Yeah, he wasn't the referee you'd probably want to launch a new stadium for a spectacle, I wouldn't have no. thought. Uh, yeah, I really struggled with him. You're throughout. a very polite man, Virgil. Yeah, i got to be honest, I really struggled with him through the match and I don't want to appear by I, I You know, the Springboks deserve their win, but, yeah, geez, the spectacle suffered and, you know, Nick White didn't have a great game. Um, a lot of his box kicks sort of just didn't go anywhere. And, oh, the Wallaby Waltz, it's back. It really is. The, uh, it really is. Two step, well, one step forward, two step back. But uh, what's the mood like in camp there, Swanee? You're probably a little bit closer to things than we are. They've got to pick themselves up now for Bledisloe 1 next Thursday. Um, we're hearing any, you know, uh, injury doubts or any potential people that might make them, uh, make them make themselves back into the side next week? Yeah, well, the the, the big question mark at the moment is, um, you know, we, we didn't see Tania Latupo, um, you know, on the on the weekend. He looks to have re-injured that calf. I don't know how bad it is. Hopefully he's mm. he's not not so bad. Um, Noel Olaseo came off with a, a, a head injury assessment, an HIA, and so did Hunter Paisami. So, you know, like for the first time in a very long time, Dave Rennie was able to pick the same team. Yeah. And it doesn't look like that'll happen again, um, no. you know, which is which is quite disappointing. I I really hope that Noah Lolasio is um, is fit to play against the All Blacks because I feel like he was just starting to get a bit get a bit of confidence. Um, yeah. And that's what we, we just need that going into a Bledisloe, don't we? Um you know, you just need a bit of confidence. Oh, Bernard Foley's probably the one man who probably comes into the frame now. Mm. Um, mm. You know, whether he sits on the bench or or starts, it's um, you know, it's, it, it, it's it is a blast from the past. I got to say, the six-two uh, bench exposed us a little bit in the weekend, Casho. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I was, I was just about to make that point that uh, that they really had to shuffle a few guys around with. Uh, uh, Jakey Gordon coming on and playing on the wing and doing all that sort of mm. stuff with the six-two bench. So uh, yeah. yeah, it really sort of compounded the options, and you know they uh, they had to do things uh, on the fly. But that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it's uh, yeah, it's the ultimate test. It's test rugby. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't be alone. The only you know, lots of world rugby sides are, are going with that split. But you know, when it goes pear shaped, it can really go pear shaped. Um, didn't, I don't think Jake Gordon expected to be playing out in the wing, but he did what he had to do. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see how the Wallabies bounce back next week. 
um, and hopefully can get a win against the All Blacks and make a Bledisloe challenge half interesting. All right. Well, um, we've only got to review the one game, the big one, the decider, the grand final. Sydney University are our premiers for 2022. Congratulations to the students. Um, they took down the Stags. I don't actually have the score in front of me. What was the bloody score, Cash? 26-19, Berger. There you go, 26-19. Um, that's right. There were seven points to play, and it did sort of ebb and flow. Um, you know, a, a, a good game. Um, university, for me, had the had the had most of the running of the match. Um, but you know, Gordon were never out of it. A uh, couple of interesting moments towards the back end of the game, but I think the the big moment out of the game for me was when Gordon levelled um, at nineteen all, but then Uni went down the other field and what felt like about. 20-odd phases and, and just iced the game that way, Swanee. It was uh, it was a good response and, and showed why they're deserving premiers. Yeah, absolutely. They, they really went went to their, you know, just played to their strengths, didn't they? Once yep. Once they, you know, you're right, it was 19 all, um, five to play-ish. Uh, and, um, you know, the, I don't think, you know, I don't think the backs touched the ball too much, really. Um, uh through through that that period of play, there was phase after phase, you know, McCalman, um, Mitch Ryan, Zach von Appen um, had a huge game. Mm. Uh, I think he came off. I don't know if you saw his ear after the game. It looked like something out of Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the other the other um, person that I really tip my hat to, and I said it in the broadcast quite often, was Pat O'Doherty, who um, had to come on. After ten minutes, with Kieran Lowe being knocked out, and um, he just played a full game of second grade as well. Yeah, that's a monster effort. Back to back grand and finals. He, he didn't miss a beat, did he? Yeah, and, no. And um, you know, there was that scrum right at the end, um, which you know, dubious probably having reviewed it, <laughs> but you know, that's yeah. that's what won in the game. Yeah, it was a dubious moment that end of the end of the game. It definitely looked like a. Uh, uni collapse at scrum, but look, you know, could you begrudge him? There's not no guarantee Gordon we're going to screw up the other end, but um, yeah, I mean, Gordon sort of uh, hung in there, but just felt Casher that uni had the running most of the match. Yeah, most of the running. I think, to be quite honest, I think uh, I think Gordon did very well to uh, stay in touch because at different stages there in that second half, uh, Uni looked as though that they were going to you know, completely uh, take the game over and probably uh, probably get two or three scores of uh, a, a, a ahead of the Highlanders. You know that uh, that didn't happen. They they managed to manufacture a, a couple of scores and uh, as you guys said, got back to nineteen all. It was was pretty much game on. But uh, you know that's when Uni came back into it. And uh, you know I know Jack McCalman spoke about this and they always speak about this. Is they train hard and they get lucky, and that's uh, that's what the uni philosophy's been for uh, the the best part of a couple of decades, and they they are the dominant team of the shoot shield over over the last twenty years. So you've got to uh, you've got to tip your hat to them, that's for sure. I think it's something like eleven premierships since two thousand and five, mm. um, which is dominant. We we know uh, what we're up against, what the competition's up against. I think even this year, with you'd have to say, uh, you know, exceptionally even, maybe a little bit diluted in terms of uh, player talent coming off a couple of years of COVID. Um, 
if you just have that pool of play, you just have that better program, uh, at the end of the day, it still won the day. Uh, but yeah, but take nothing away um, from university, deserving premiers. And um, Sean Hedger finished the year with the premiership, probably justifies that coach of the year gong now, uh, Swaney. Yeah, what about Sean Hedger? One shoot shield season, one shoot shield, mic drop, see you later. Um, <laughs> he's done, I believe, is he? He's done, yeah, he's done with, with uni now. So um, okay. congratulations to Hedge, though. You know, he he's had, he's had a few hurdles through that through that season. Um, mm. You know, they got rolled by the two blues at home. Yeah. You know that was that was early on in the season. Um, yeah. You know they're obviously dealing with you know players coming and going, injuries to Waratahs in and out. You know it's not easy being a shoot shield coach. No. And um, and yeah, look, congratulations to Hedge. He's a he's a wonderful human being first and foremost, and uh, deserves all the success that comes his way. And um, yeah, look, did a really good job to galvanised this uni team who were, you know, coming back from a season that, um, you know, we obviously last season was was um, cancelled, but the season before wasn't, you know, they, they probably weren't the Sydney University that we're all used to. No. no, um, no. So to have, have rebuilt the club through that time, um, yep. you know, did a really good job. I'm pretty happy with university at this level, Casho. Like, you know, they won the comp again, but they're a bit closer to the pack this year. So... Maybe, maybe we could all just write to uni this year and just say, just keep it at that level for the rest of us. We'll, we'll all still sort of feel like we're in the, we're in the, we're in it with a shout. Of course, that's always encouraging for the uh, for the other clubs. But uh, yeah, so it'd be uh, it'd, it'd be nice to get a you know like a a Marlins or a, a Shawman up there, or you know maybe maybe even a oh, dare I say a Gordon up there. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, listen, you you've really just got to tip your hat to them. They, uh, they, they have a certain way of doing things. Uh, they're fit. They put the work in. And I know, I know I've said this numerous times, but it bloody works. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot good to see. And, and listen, Swaney, the journo in me says, where's, uh, where's Hedge off to? Is he, is he having a break or he's, uh, he's, got a, he's, he's got a contract in the MLR or up in Japan again? What's the story? Yeah, it's a good question. I didn't actually get a chance to ask him. Um, he, I don't think it had sort of come out really too too publicly until after the game. But um, I think he's coming back home to see his family. His family. Uh, he's been away from his family for so long. He was up in. Mm-hmm. He's down at the Melbourne Rebels. Up in Japan. Um, you know, he'd been at the at Bond Uni where his family live on the Gold Coast, so or just in the northern part of New South Wales. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think he's just going home to spend some time and cool his jets for a bit. From what I understand, I, I, have, I have to talk to him, though, and see what's going on. Oh, well, there'd be um, probably a few vacancies out there in the coaching world. There'll be a vacancy at Sydney University. Now, uh, Cash, I'll be interested to see um, where they go there. I'm sure they'll uh, have plenty of candidates for that role, I would have thought. And and what, one of the more poignant uh, images, uh, Swaney, from from the coverage on the weekend was uh, was just seeing Billy Melrose there. He was obviously very gutted by uh, by getting that close and uh, not uh, not getting the chockies uh, over the weekend. So hasn't had too much luck with uh, with grand finals, but uh, I'm uh, I'm sure he's going to uh, give it another crack. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Casho. 
it was it was hard to watch, wasn't it? You know, you got two really good human beings um, as coaches there, and uh, and yeah, look, they they got close, didn't they? And to have coached them to a grand final from seventh, um, you know, that's a feat in itself. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure that he wouldn't be satisfied with that, but you you got to you got to say uh, well done to the Gordon Club and and to Billy for getting them um, that far. I reckon. Yeah, I think. Um... At the end of the day, we did the, uh, oh, what do you say, the predictions in terms of we applied the NRL ladder, didn't we? You thought that four games on the, on the bounce was just going to be a little bit too hard. And um, I know they were pretty banged up going into the game on the weekend. You could see from the first uh, minute there, Reese McDonald was heavily strapped, dropped a couple of bombs that he'd probably normally catch. He didn't look to be moving too freely. Um, I, think, um, I think they were pretty banged up there, Kasha. Yeah, I, I think they were, and uh, I think uh, Uni obviously uh, had the sniff that uh, you know everything wasn't well with the, the number fifteen in the uh, in the Gordon jumper, and they uh, they applied the pressure which uh, which they do. But listen, elsewhere I thought uh, Jack McGregor had a very good game. Uh, a lot of yep. the forwards, uh, obviously the hooker uh, uh, Mahi Bailano did uh, did some good stuff. Uh, James Luff uh, was uh, was very good once again. Jacob Abel and uh, uh, Barry Carrera in the uh, in in the centres, I thought, did some really good stuff for uh, for Gordon. So listen, they they, they weren't without uh, their their standouts there. But, uh, elsewhere, probably uh, Uni, you know, like O'Doherty at uh, at, at Hooker was uh, was outstanding. The the whole scrum. Von Appen was uh, was was great. Uh, Robertson uh, had a okay sort of game. Ben Hughes uh, did some good stuff. And listen, that uh, that man who we spoke about last week, Clooney's Ross, I thought uh, yeah. had a, had a really good game at thirteen. So uh, good luck to all those guys. Well, I mentioned last week I thought he might play, but I I didn't realise. Um, Tom English pulled out during the warm up, I think, Swaney, or the morning of the game. I believe. Yeah, yeah, morning of the game. Uh, he he actually um, wasn't granted a release from his Japan club, so he'd been, oh. he'd been released. He'd been released all um, all season for the last six yeah. weeks, and then apparently one of the Randwick players, I think, I think it might be Andrew Deegan, got injured, and he plays for the same club. Okay, and the club's gone. Mm, sorry, no dice. Yeah. You don't you don't want to dishonor a Japanese rugby contract. That's bad juju, Swanee. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, that's the. I think all's well that ends well. Um, yeah. But I, I know that there was some some nail some you know fingernails that are being bitten bound down to the nub, and uh, there was a, yeah. some nervous times. I think, but Clooney's Ross did an outstanding job. Um, as Shawnee interviewed him after the game, what are they calling him? The Terminator. The Terminator. You just can't kill him. No. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he had another good game and very experienced first grader for Sydney University. He'll probably go around again. He's um, he's had plenty of success. So seems to enjoy his footy. All right, well, that's the season. Um, Cash, I'll throw to you, mate. Any season highlights, any season lowlights, any general observations of the competition this year you, you want to throw out there? Now's your chance, mate. It's open well, right now. Well, well, obviously the, uh, the minor premiership. Uh, from my point of view, was uh, was a pretty handy uh, sort of like white uh, way to go. Uh, yep. You know, once you uh, 
once you get down to it, uh, you know, university did uh, did some really good stuff. But uh, I, I, I think that this eight team semi final series for me was one of one of the better things that's happened to the Shoot Shield over the past couple of years. It kept the uh, it kept the interest in the competition going for the past month. And yep. uh, listen, I uh, at the end of the day, I think we we came pretty close to getting the right sort of result. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Um, I'm not going to agree with you, Top A, and I, I want to see back to top six. Or Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing it go back to top five next year. But, look, this year the top eight was good, and maybe I'm wrong, but as you say, it did keep a lot of teams very um, – and fan bases engaged in the competition right up to it. It was fantastic to see such a tight comp this year. Um, really enjoyed that. It was an absolute lottery at time. Um Personally, great to see the Marlins resurgent somewhat. Uh, negatively, seeing them go out with seven straight losses was pretty sobering. So it was a real yo-yo year from uh, a Marlins perspective. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think um, I felt the comp was a little bit diluted this year in terms of uh, talent. I think that's just down to a few things. Obviously, you've got emerging um, uh, competitions now, particularly the American competition has taken a lot of talent that may have found its way to shoot shield, uh, you know, from areas like New Zealand and the UK. Um, but, you know, it's still a great comp. Hats off to all the volunteers at all the clubs. They're, they're bloody hard things to operate. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm really excited with what's happening a lot of the clubs. Obviously, the two Blues redevelopment. Um, Eastwood's got, got theirs on the horizon. Um, we've still got fantastic grounds at our disposal like North Sydney Oval. So, I think if we can continue to have great infrastructure and a great pathway, and it's been lovely this year, I think, to be in the shadow of the Waratahs with such a strong connection um, through the Shoot Shield. And so many players this year from Shoot Shield have made themselves known at Super Rugby, um, Australian Sevens program, and in the Wallabies. So um, the competition's still alive and kicking, Swaney. Yeah, mate, couldn't have said it better. And you know, I was I was just thinking about the closeness of the season. Um, we've spoken about it, you know, pretty much every week this year. But I literally just clicked on the Fuse Sport app, and I went. I just clicked on a random round, round six. How's these for scores? Warringah thirty-two, Eastern Suburbs thirty-one, Hunter Wildfires forty-one, Randwick thirty-eight, Gordon twenty-four, West Harbour fourteen. Manly 34, Eastwood 32, two blues 28, South 25. Like, crazy. You talk, that, that's just one round that I just yep. randomly clicked on. Every yep. week we saw matches being decided by less than one score, mm. you know. So, it, that, that for me, um, you know, was, was what it's all about. It's, a, it's about creating an even competition where anyone can win on any day, uh, a bit of chaos. You know, we love a bit of chaos. It, it tells great, it, it provides great stories. And um, I think we saw, you know, every week this year, there was a something, there was something special to talk about. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully that provided um, for more viewers on TV, it prov- provided more listeners on Shootcast. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it certainly gave us plenty to talk about. Yeah, and I, I don't, not sure I see it changing too much next year, Cash. I still think it's going to be pretty tight. Oh, listen, listen. I think uh, I think that's just the way it's going to be from uh, from here on in. Mm. You know, d- different clubs are going to have um, you know some of these guys coming down uh, down from the north. Uh, 
you know, like there's, uh, you know, I'm not sure what's happening at Worcester or anything like that. I don't know if you you, you know about that situation, but it looks like that uh, that club's in a bit of financial strife, so they're, they're going to be looking for uh, for uh, for people or, or for teams for a lot of their wider groups to uh, get some get some time on the field. So you know, all those sort of things. Uh, Norse are also having a uh, some sort of strategic alliance with the Ealing Trail Finders. I saw that. That's uh, yeah, and you know, there's just there's there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, like every, everybody seems to be moving in the right direction. A, a, a lot of the clubs are sharing a lot of the uh, administration uh, intel that, uh, that, that works and like so well. So, you know, like it's, uh, it's bash each other up on the field and, uh, you know, uh, share a few secrets off it uh, uh, by the sound of things right from, uh, from Team 1 through to Team 12. So that's, uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I know there's a lot of uh, collegiate things going on. I know a few presidents went to lunch last week and sharing of information, what works for some clubs and, and what mightn't, and um, hopefully there's lots of that uh, sharing. Uh, I want to thank the listeners this year. We had uh, healthy numbers uh, on the shootcast, had over 8,000 plays this year. We're regularly having about oh, two to 300 listeners a week, and it seemed to, it dropped off towards the finals, and I just could work out why, but then it, then it, then it tweaked. Once your team's out, you've got no interest in listening, do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's probably, probably true. It just goes to show once your team bombs out, well, that's that's it for the year. So, But thanks to all those that have listened in. And thank you, boys, Swaney and Casho, for another year of uh, wrapping up the beautiful competition that we love. Swaney, great job on the uh, broadcast as always and calling the big one. Thank you, mate. Oh, mate, thank you very much. I, I, I really do enjoy our chats on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Monday, depending on where it is, night, fellas. And, um, yeah, hopefully the, the new season rolls around quickly. Absolutely. And, Casho, thank you to you, mate. Uh, a very dedicated scribe for Rugby News and give us all the information that we need. You've always got an ear to the game, and I appreciate your contribution in 2022. An absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. That wraps up the season. We might do a few pods through the off-season, but um, I think we can all go and have a uh, have a uh, relaxing couple of weeks off now, uh, gents. So thank you, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. It's time to shred for summer, Berger. <laughs> what about you, Cash? You'll you, you be on the uh, man, I'm, shakes, I'm, man I'm, shakes? I'm shredding 24-7. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Thanks, boys. I'll catch you next season. <laughs>